The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Delighted you could join us for the Big Red Bench. It has been a miserable Sunday afternoon of weather. But thankfully, the Co-op Superstars Premier Senior Hurling Championship quarterfinals have gone ahead. We're going to get reaction from the Bars after their win over Douglas in just a little bit. Andrew Horgan is there for McKillian Blackrock. We'll get him on the line shortly talk us through how that game is going. As I mentioned, we will be hearing from George Cunningham in just a little bit. Also on the show tonight, we're going to hear from Vera Powell. It's been an incredible week for the girls in green. Uh, booking their place in the uh, World Cup playoffs first off, then getting to the second one of them. We'll hear from the Irish boss a little bit later on as well. And we're going to wrap up all the day's big sports stories. You're listening to The Big Red Bench on Cork's Red FM. Absolutely delighted you could join us on the Big Red Bench tonight. My name is Rory O'Hagan here with you until 7pm this evening. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can give us a shout on 0868 You can send us a tweet or uh, on at Big Red Bench as well if you'd like to get in touch with us that way too. But it is all about the, the Co-op Superstars Premier Senior Hurling Championship quarterfinals today. There was, I suppose, uh, a bit of a doubt as to whether or not the games were going to go ahead this morning. There was an orange weather warning for rain, torrential rain, all across Cork today. This morning, a tweet went out from the uh, county board saying, look, they we're going to push the games back until three and five. That will give us a bit of extra time. But there is going to be a pitch inspection at quarter past 12. That pitch inspection passed, thankfully. And the two games uh, did get to go ahead today. The first of which uh, resulted in a cracking win for St. Finbars in a very, very entertaining game in Porky Cueve. 22 points to 18 was how they finished. They scored seven of the last eight points to win. A great win for them over their city rivals, Douglas. We will be hearing from Jerk Cunningham in just a little bit. And McKillian Black Rock uh, started then at 5pm. So that game is currently well underway. So it's into the second half and it is... Imokili who lead 14 points to 9 and you have to say the pitch at Porky Cueve has stood up really really well to the deluge of rain that it got today it was just absolutely torrential but it shows just how good that pitch is down in Porky Cueve elsewhere in the ladies football results Morton Abbey 321 Valley Rovers a point Aero Oak 413 Kinsale 16 and I had a 214 Inch Rovers 16 uh, in golf and uh, it's a big big uh, evening it's going to be a big big finish as well because Shane Lowry's in a tie for the lead we can get the latest there now from Dennis Kerman Shane Lowry remains tied for the lead at Wentworth playing the par 5 18th at present Lowry hasn't dropped a single shot in the 53 holes he's played so far this week he's on 16 under par alongside John Ram who eagled the 18th for a 29 back 9 in a brilliant final round of 62 but Lowry has a chance to overtake him with a birdie on that par 5 18th the pair have a one shot lead over Rory McElroy, who's been far from his brilliant best but he managed to hang on in there and he still has a chance to win he's on 15 under par with those two par fives remaining but it's Shane Larry who remains favourite to finally land this title having gone close on a few occasions in recent years reporting on the BMW PGA Championship I'm Dennis Kerwin Imagine how amazing that would be for Shane Lowry to win uh, the BMW PGA Championship as Dennis mentioned there he hasn't actually dropped a shot uh, this uh, week it's been incredible Eagle today on the uh, 
par four or the par five fourth hole today and just birdies and seven and eight and ten and twelve and birdie here at eighteen will see him win it's absolutely incredible stuff from Shane Lowry and hopefully uh, he will be top of the leaderboard Roy McIlroy 15 under par now just teeing off on the 18th hole um, so he, if he get himself into birdie position here get himself to the 16 under who knows what will happen it could be a three way uh, playoff at the top Ram Lowry and McIlroy which would be absolutely fantastic drama there as well but as things stand just waiting for Shane Lowry uh, to finish out his round um, he's on 16 under par John Ram's on 16 under par Ryan McElroy is on 15 under par so we'll keep you up to date on that one that is going to be an absolutely cracking finish uh, to the action there at Wentworth of course reduced to 54 holes after a play was suspended following the death of Queen Elizabeth on Thursday so it's a 54 hole tournament and it looks like it's going to right down to the wire Shane Lowry just uh, on the green at the moment we'll keep you updated on how that one is going to finish Leona Maguire is looking for a strong finish to her final round at the Queen City Championship on the LPGA Tour the Cavan woman is one under par after 16 today to move her up to 7 under par all round I mean she's out of contention for the win and currently sits in 22nd place Stephanie Meadows 6 over par playing the last and sits back on 1 over par for the week the American Ali Ewing has been joined in the lead by Zhu Yu Lin of China they are both on 17 under par Football Shamrock Rovers have the chance to extend their lead at the top of the SSC or Tristy League Premier Division table to four points this evening. The defending champions taking on bottom side Finn Harps. That kicks off in Tala at seven o'clock. Meanwhile, football matches in the National League will resume from tomorrow. They had paused uh, along with all professional football in Britain and Northern Ireland following the death of the Queen. EFL games also expected to go ahead but as it stands not yet been any official confirmation meanwhile Rangers Champions League match with Napoli which was originally scheduled for Tuesday has been moved to Wednesday that's because of the severe limitations on policing resources because of the events around the death of the Queen no way fans will be able to attend the match at Ibrox so therefore UEFA says as a matter of sporting integrity and this is fair enough Rangers supporters will be unable uh, to go to the return fixture Waiting for Shane Lowry just to to, to pull out here and uh, at the, the final hole at Wentworth and uh, could be a massive massive moment uh, for Shane Lowry but Roy McIlroy right on his tail as well uh, so it's exciting stuff there for uh, Shane Lowry always a popular figure on the tour uh, championship leader Max Verstappen fighting from seventh in the grid to win the Italian Grand Prix today the race finishing behind the safety car which uh, allowed the Red Bull driver to claim his 11th win of the season and to extend his advantage in the standings to 115 points. Ferrari Charles Leclerc was second in Monza. Britain's Mercedes driver George Russell uh, finished in third. Uh, Rugby, the Irish men's sevens team um, have a chance to uh, take home a bronze medal from the World Cup in South Africa this evening. They just missed out on a place in the final as New Zealand came away with a seven-point win in their semi-final uh, this morning. It means Ireland face Australia, the third-place playoff at 6.35. Uh, Shane Lowry's birdie putt coming up. Uh, in fact, he's gone ahead. Shane Lowry now on 17 under par. Birdie on the last... Watching it without sound, so I thought it was for a par. Shane Lowry has moved to 17 under par um, at the BMW PGA Championship. He is out in the lead at the moment. That means that Roy McIlroy will need an eagle uh, on the uh, last to join him on top of the leaderboard. But Shane Lowry, 17 under par. It's going to be a cracking night for Irish golf, no matter what happens. She's 17 under par. John Ram, 16 under par. 
and uh, fantastic, fantastic birdie uh, from uh, Shane Lowry there on the last to go one ahead as we wait at Rory McIlroy. If he can somehow find an eagle, then he will uh, go to uh, face Shane Lowry in the playoff, which would be a fantastic way to... Uh, and uh, the week's call would be absolutely brilliant. Uh, the Irish women's seven side, meanwhile, have uh, taken seventh spot in their World Cup campaign. They defeated England in the seventh, eighth place playoff by 26 points to 10. Racing and then Aidan O'Brien has another classic win under his belt. His mount, Kiprios, justified its favourite tag to take the Irish St. Ledger at the Curragh this afternoon. Overseas Raider Hamish was second for William Haggis, while Demert Wells searched for a song was third his son uh, Joseph O'Brien has picked up two wins today with above the curve in the Moigler Jewels Blanford Stakes Al, and Al Riffa in the Vincent O'Brien National Stakes uh, tennis men's final tonight Carlos Alcaraz becoming looking to become the youngest man to win a Grand Slam title since 2005 the 19 year old Spaniard taking on Norwich Casper Root in the US Open final in New York the winner will also become the new world number one Alcaraz though says the job is not done yet it's close but at the same time he's so far away you know it's a final of a Grand Slam fighting for the number one in the world something that I dreamed since I, I was a kid Neymar Kasparud is hoping a humbling defeat in his first Grand Slam final has prepared him well for tonight's US Open decider. He takes on Carlos Alcaraz for the title. As I mentioned, he lost, uh, was thrashed by another Spaniard, Rafa Nadal, at the French Open in June. Rude says the final feels a lot different, but now he has the experience of it. It should help. Seeing the trophy on the back of the court and seeing uh, tons of celebrities and even in Roland Garros there was royal families there watching. So that was a little bit uh, new experience for me and uh, I, I hope I can be more ready for that on Sunday Oh and it's getting very very intriguing here now at Wentworth McElroy's second shot finding the heart of the green he has an excellent look at Eagle here on the last which uh, if he puts it, if it sinks he'll join Shane Lowry at the top of the leaderboard on 17 under par McElroy currently 15 under par so an Eagle here would uh, be a fantastic finish uh, for all the neutrals out there anyway and certainly for all the Irish golf fans because then we get a playoff between McIlroy and Shane Lowry which would be very very compelling compelling stuff indeed but uh, McIlroy an excellent excellent chance of an eagle here he's what about 25 feet I'm just going to guess away it's it's not easy but it's uh, certainly in his uh, wheelhouse so look we'll see how that goes there um, but um yeah, it's going to be a, a thrilling, thrilling conclusion to that, uh, no matter what happens. Uh, meanwhile, uh, today, the World uh, Tennis and One Iga Svantec says her first US Open title will give her the confidence to strive for even more success. She took her third major title with a straight sets win over on Jabber at uh, Flushing Meadows in New York today. Svantec, though, has admitted she's battled with self-doubt. I wasn't sure if I'm on, on that level yet to win, actually, a Grand Slam, especially on, on US Open where the surface is so fast. So um, it's something that I wasn't expecting for sure. It's also like a confirmation for me that sky's the limit. Meanwhile, uh, Tunisia's on Jabber is vowing to bounce back as their second major final defeat of the year, beaten in straight sets today by Sviantec, the world number five, also beaten in the showpiece match at Wimbledon in July, but says she will come back stronger. I'm not someone that's going to give up and I am sure I'm going to be in the final again. I'm not sure who I am in, in the next month, in the next two months, so I'm sure I'm, I'll be evolving for sure and um, uh, I'm going to keep my hopes up and I know there is a lot of many finals coming for me. Yeah, it should be an absolutely cracking final um, tonight between 
the the two men's finalists this evening. It's going to be a thrilling end to what has been a thrilling couple of weeks at the US Open final between uh, Carlos uh, Alcaraz and Casper Ruud. A new uh, Grand Slam champion and a new world number one tonight uh, will be crowned. So look, lots uh, going on at Flushing Meadows later on this evening. Roy McIlroy just walking onto the 18th green here to uh, a massive ovation. Looks focused. Um, He's got a big, big putt coming up here and if he gets that he will um, finish level at the top of the leaderboard um, but it's going to be uh, a pressure 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 put uh, but yeah no better man than Roy McIlroy uh, to make that uh, just an update um, from the Premier Senior Hurling Championship quarter finals uh, it is Immokillian Blackrock going head to head about 10 minutes uh, left to go there or thereabouts and it is uh, Immokillian who lead 115 to 13 points so a 5 point lead uh, for Immokillian uh, as things stand and uh, We'll get uh, the views of Andrew Horgan on that in just a little bit. Before that, though, going to get the reaction of Jura Cunningham after St. Finbar's terrific win over Douglas today. Uh, a superb win for the Bars, 22 points to 18. A great finish for the Bars as they scored seven of the last eight to book their place into the quarterfinal or the semi final. I do beg your pardon. Uh, this is Cunningham. So, Jerk, congrats on the win. But what were your thoughts on your performance overall today? Uh, look, I was just saying there, just said, like we were delighted because it was a completely different type of game from you know, the couple of matches we played earlier on. It was just a real, just a real knockout, real championship hurling. You know, two teams going going at it. You know, the, you know, hammer and tongs in difficult conditions. You know, the, the pitch was magnificent considering all the rain that we've had in the last week and overnight. Uh, and so it, that was probably the hardest challenge for some of the players to get used to the, the heavy and the, or the, the wet conditions again because the summer for the last six weeks have been. Has been has been really really good and it's a, so it's a different type of game and I think our guys will benefit from coming to that, that sort of game. Yeah, it's obviously the same for both sides. But was your preparations a bit affected? Obviously, it was pushed back an hour and things like that. Ah, look, you know, we were like I thought it was probably it was a, it was you know when you win you always it's the right call. Uh, it was probably with the weather forecast the way it was that it was going to be bright in the afternoon. I thought it was a very good call, like you know, a very sensible call to put put the matches back a, a couple of hours and uh, look, it's there's no problem now with the conditions out there. The pitch is top class. So uh, look. Just probably with, with, the, with the schedule, the way things are going and with the football side of it as well. I don't think there's too many free Sundays around the place, so we'd like to get the game played. In terms of the match as well, obviously it was kind of seemed like it was um, going for score for score there for a while, particularly in the second half, but he pulled away right at the end when it really mattered. We did. We were kind of, you know, we went in two ahead and, uh, you know, Douglas came out and got, I think, two, got three points to, to, to go ahead of us. But in fairness to all, I think they stuck in there and they scored. I think we got the next five or six points, you know, an all from play, which is great, uh, to kind of build momentum and build a bit of confidence and, uh, you know, some, you know, just thinking it was a great team performance. Obviously, days like today, you know, went to touch from defenders. I thought some of our defending was really, really good. And uh, look, it was, it, was, it, was, it was a great battle, great contest. Hard luck to Douglas. You know, they've been around a lot, uh, uh, last, at this stage the last couple of years without, without getting to maybe the rewards that they deserve. Like, but look, we're delighted. We're thrilled to be back in the semi final. We haven't been there for a while. Look, well, the defenders, the keeper obviously made a couple of great saves in either half as well. 100%, yeah. Shane's been really good this year for us. He's been fantastic. Uh, he's made some massive saves. And, uh, you know, the work he does. There's massive work, like you know, like in, in, his, in his preparation, and uh, as I say, it's a team, it's a team game. So we're looking forward to uh, two weeks time. Right at the end there as well, Shane Kingston's lining up a free kick. Were you a bit nervous when he struck yeah, it then? Was, yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, you know, he's you know Shane, Shane's class player. You know, and you know, I said just please, like don't let it go in because we, uh, you know, it's been hard to come back from that situation. If they got to go to draw the match, uh, but look, we're, we're delighted. We're, we're we haven't been in the semi-final for a while, so we're, we're thrilled to be there. Yeah, it seems like the footballers maybe they're 
stars have been hogging the limelight the last yeah. few years. So how, how much does this mean to the club and the hurling side of it to get? Oh, that's great. No, no, and we've been fully. You know, we've been we've been out there playing dual hurling and football, and we've been delighted. We've been supporting them and. We're trying to tap into the momentum that they've been building over the last number of years and uh, the standards they've been setting. So, look, it's, it's been great for, for, the, for, for the community and for the parish and for the supporters. And hopefully, you know, the hurlers can give them something to show about as well. The other semi finals, about, or the other quarter final, sorry, is about to start now. Will you be staying to watch that? And yeah, we'll have a look, sure. You know, we're not going anywhere else, anything else on, so we'll, uh, we'll stay and enjoy the game. <laughs> yes, Joe Cunningham there, obviously, Prim Bars in conversation with Andrew. After um, last or this afternoon's uh, win over Douglas, a tremendous win uh, for uh, the Bars, and they are now into the uh, Co-op Superstars Premier Senior Hurling Championship um, semi-final. A fantastic win there, indeed, uh, for the Bars. Uh, Rory McIlroy's eagle putt dropping short. That means he finishes with a birdie. Means he finishes on sixteen under par. That means Shane Lowry is the BMW PGA Championship champion. That's superb, superb week for Shane Lowry. Didn't drop a shot over his three rounds. Finished with a birdie on uh, the par 5, 18, uh, to move to 17 under par. He finishes one ahead of uh, John Ram and Roy McIlroy, and I doubt there will be a more popular winner on the tour this year. Fantastic stuff indeed uh, from Shane Lowry, and a very, very worthy champion indeed. Uh, we are going to go live now to uh, Porky Cueve where there is a battle going on between Imokili and uh, Black Rock. It is Imokili who are ahead. We are into the closing stages. Andrew Horgan joins us on the line. And Andrew, it looks like Imokili might just have a little bit too much in the legs here for the Rockies. Yeah, it certainly looks that way at the moment. But um, in fairness to the Rockies, they haven't given up. And a couple of quick scores there now has them back to within a goal of Emma Killey. So it's currently 116 to 16 and there is three minutes of normal time to be played and uh, up to the referee then how much he adds on but it should probably be about three or four minutes again. So still a lot to play for here. It's far from over. Yeah, what type of game has it been, Andrew? Um, first half was a bit tame, to be honest. Um, the first game that was played here was really intense so maybe it's just being compared to that. It wasn't particularly great watch but um, Emma Killey led by a point at half time and deservedly so but it wasn't too much between the sides really but um, in the second half, Imakili have just kicked on, and then James Harnady, Cork Hurler, of course, um, getting a goal. Um, bit of a loose ball, broke kindly to him, and he just uh, rifled it into the bottom left corner, giving the keeper no chance. And that proves to be the difference between the sides, even though Imakili have just scored again, so there are now four points clear. But um, yeah, Imakili probably deserve it, particularly on the second half showing they've been be- the better team. Uh, that's the the second game there is not long left to go in that the first game we just heard from Jerry Cunningham there very happy Jerry Cunningham after that win over Douglas uh, that was um, a cracker of a game and it was uh, a tremendous finish from the Bears as they finished very 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 strongly yeah it's quite similar to here for the most part um, very even um, quickly in the second half I think at one point it was 12 all then 13 all then 14 all then 15 all so they really were going score for score and I think a lot of people here were nearly expecting extra time to be honest and then the bars in fairness to them just pulled away towards the end but um, they were maybe living on their nerves a little bit towards the end Shane Kingston had a free kick sorry free kick I'm a soccer <laughs> reporter most times <laughs> but had a free about 20 yards out and he absolutely rattled it against the crossbar a couple of inches lower probably would have gone in and maybe that would have taken it to extra time but no uh, the Rockies deserved it again sitting on the second half showing and um, they're now in the semi-final for the first time since 2019 so 
really a great win for them and that's why Joe is understandably so happy at the end <laughs> and the football is going so well for the Bars as well to, for a dual club I suppose to to be at the, the, the business end in both codes is quite an achievement yeah absolutely and I, I, I kind of said it to Joe at the end that maybe like maybe the footballers have been taking a lot of the limelight from the Furlers um, and rightly so considering what the footballers have achieved in recent years but um, yeah just obviously what a great club the Bars are to be able to compete in both codes is um an incredible achievement and um, as I said they're not going to settle on that as well they're going to obviously look to go all the way in both competitions as well and we'll be a bet- strong betting man to go against them really um, they're really strong on both courts What has the uh, the commission conditions been like uh, down there because as we were mentioning the games were pushed back an hour because of the, the weather warning in Cork today and then there was a pitch inspection at half past 12 from what I can gather just from watching on the Irish Examiner website the pitch looks like it's held up very well yeah, it has indeed. As I said, we're pretty much into injury time in the second game now when there's no sign of, you know, big uh, gaps in the pitch or big uh, divots in the pitch. It seems to have held up really well. And um, I said, like, I obviously drove in here myself and there was no sign of any floods or uh, any trees down or anything as well. So, yeah, as I said, considering what it was like this morning, it looked like to be no hurling on today, but um, not the conditions have held up well. Thankfully, it's cleared off. There hasn't been any rain since I've taken my seat up here in the upper tier of the big stand. So <laughs> thank, I'm really thankful for that. But no, it's, um, that the conditions have been better than expected. And uh, it's led to a great day of hurling so far. Yeah, it's nearly over. It's like, like stuff there. And it, it looks like, uh, well, it doesn't look like, but I suppose Emma Kelly are very much on course here just to see this out, Andrea. Yeah, as I said, we're into injury time now. Um, three minutes has gone up on the board and it is currently in the Killy 117 to the Rockies 17. So the Rockies haven't given up and they're going for goal and they've got one. Oh, hey. 117 to 117. Uh, the Rockies just getting a goal there. Long ball in today, full forward line. Just trying to see the number. The, I think it was the corner forward that got it. But um, quick turn, great finish past the keeper. And yeah, we could be here for extra time, yes. Two minutes to go. <laughs> That's proper commentator car stuff there that we just put on uh, Emo Achilles and it looks like they were going to win. I know, I might think so. No, I might keep mentioning extra time and hopefully someone will score again and um, save us the extra time. But um, no, at the moment it's 117 to 117, so it certainly looks like on the cards. Yeah, we might just stick, uh, keep you on the line there, Andrew, until the full time whistle goes just so we can get um, a full time score. Uh, from uh, Parky Cueve, um this evening because we just want to stay online just get the, the score on that it's uh, been a good day uh, for uh, the St Finbars and will it be a good day now for Imo Killy or Blackrock but now the Blackrock have got that goal Andrew the momentum is going to be with them and this uh, puck out is going to be crucial yeah so the crowd are really up for it now they're on their feet there's a big Rockies crowd here we're not too far from their base I suppose but um yeah, they just have a sideline cut now as well. I'm not sure if he's going to go directly for it, but um, I said there's about a minute left to be played. It's strong wind blowing towards that end as well, which could help them. But um, yeah, really interesting story here right at the end. Um, fairness to the Rockies, I said, it wasn't long ago when we were talking about it that potentially looked down and out and McKilly were going to see out the win, but no, they kept going and... Yeah, as I said, uh, they're nearly the favourites to go on and win. And now if there's another score, it looks like it's one of both the Rockies' way. Yeah, it's uh, been a thrilling end to that game. If you missed the score earlier, St. Fimbers being Douglas, 22 points uh, to 18. Spoke their place into the semi-finals. And will it be a McKilly? Will it be a Black Rock into the last dying seconds uh, of that game? And if you missed it, Shane Lowry's won the BMW PGA Championship at Wentworth. A stunning final round from him. Flawless, bogey-free round all week. 
Andy carded a uh, 7 under par 65 today to finish up on 17 under par one shot ahead of John Ram and Rory McIlroy uh, to win it and uh, as I mentioned there will doubtless or no doubt uh, be uh, fewer uh, more popular winners uh, on the tour this year uh, then uh, Shane Lowry hopefully we'll hear a little bit from him before the end of the show must be the dying seconds there now Andrew what's happening yeah there's a bit of um, a skirmish now going on as well so it's actually up towards the McKilly goal so the referee's going to throw in the ball and again whoever wins this could be decisive but he's blown the whistle now it's full time it finished uh, Blackrock 117 McKilly 117 so we're going to extra time here extra time Andrew we'll call back to you in just a bit for an update now thanks Andrew no problem at all 117 apiece is how it finished between the Rockies and Imo Killy. It looked like Imo Killy were on the way to a comfortable victory there in the end. Five points up with a couple of minutes to play, but a fantastic fight back from the Rockies has seen them book their place in the... Uh, or not book their place, book their place in extra time maybe. <laughs> Bring the game to extra time. And so we'll uh, get an update from Andrew on that in just a little bit. Uh, we're going to talk uh, basketball. Adele Thornton from Singleton Super Value Brunel has been uh, chatting to Ger McCarthy about uh, Ireland's recent double headers uh, against Portugal and the two big wins over Estonian looking ahead uh, as well uh, to Ireland's uh, FIBA Eurobasket 2023 qualifiers and the Netherlands and Czech Republic uh, this year as well. So this is Ger McCarthy in conversation with Adele Thornton. Uh, now, we're delighted once again here on Cork's Red FM's Big Red Bench to welcome back the Irish senior women's basketball captain, Idel Thornton, um, who's been very, very busy with the Irish international team of late. The last time we spoke, Ireland were coming off a fantastic two-game series, Gotham Drywall series, uh, victory over Estonia. Since then, uh, which is what we're going to talk about with Idel today, they have been in Portugal uh, against a high-ranked Portuguese team, uh, Portugal series, two games in two days, to find out how that went and what they got out of it. First of all, let's welcome Idel, how are you? I'm great, uh, Jared. Thanks for having me. Yeah, great to have you back on. We really appreciate you uh, taking the time to speak to us. Um, when yeah. we last spoke, uh, we were coming off, as I said, Ireland were coming off a very, very impressive two game, two games, uh, two victories over Estonia. In Portugal, the results went against Ireland uh, in that you lost both games. But there's a bigger picture here, I'm sure, that you, you're e- eager to tell me about. And that is the fact that this Portuguese team is much higher ranked than Ireland and we're clearly uh, a very, very powerful unit. Uh, yeah, um, I suppose going into the trip, we all knew that they were ranked higher than we were, but we were very uh, ambitious in going there and we were hoping to get the win. And to be honest, we could have definitely gotten a win in one of the games, 100%, especially that second one there. Yeah. We we went on a couple of runs and we we brought them within six and, and within four a couple of times. So we definitely could have gotten, we could have gotten the win. Um, and that Portugal team, just to give, a, I suppose, an idea of how high calibre they were, actually beat Bosnia who are going to the World uh, Championships in September so like we definitely put it up to them so as a high calibre team they were we did really really well like Yes, and the box score from that particular match backs up exactly what you're saying. I mean, a slow start, which is, I think, something that you'd, you'd be quick to admit in your coach. James Weldon was very quick to admit, look, the slow start kind of cost you in both games. But you bounced back yeah. from being 17-9 down, you bounced back to just 36-26, then 60-43, and you only lost out by 10 in the end of that second game. And as you said, on, on a couple of occasions, more than a couple of occasions, you went on a decent scoring burst. What kind of confidence does that give, not just somebody like yourself, but 
the the younger players that were part of the Irish team um, to know that they can mix it with one of the best teams in Europe? Oh, I think it's huge for us. Um, and to be honest, as a whole, we're quite young, so it's, it's such a boost for us to kind of really put ourselves up against the best and not be not lose by a lot. I think that's that's the big thing for us is to actually understand how good we can be, and those those scoring bursts can happen for longer for us. And I think if the more we play these big and high ranked teams, the better we'll get at kind of leveling out scoring bursts and not having them come in sporadic moments and be able to play for a longer period of time at that level um, and to be able to defend and not let the other team score an awful lot because I, can't, I suppose that's what happens to us against Portugal. Like, we go on our run, they go on their run, but we let their run be longer than ours. So I think it's, it's a real learning curve for the younger girls just to know that, like, we need to cut off their bursts a bit a bit quicker and just kind of have ours go on for a bit longer. So we will get there and... Like games has been brilliant and getting us these high calibre games like has been really, really beneficial for us as a team. Yeah, and it's clear to see that even from his own comments and from the way you're speaking there, going up against these better teams is going to bring you all along. But one thing I was interested mm-hmm. in asking you, Edel, because you've played and you're a captain of the you're an international captain, it's one thing to go toe to toe with these teams and out try and outshoot them and try and get your defence and your shape right. Talk to me about the physicality and the difference in the physicality at international having at international level against this kind of a Portuguese team, as an example. Yeah, um, I suppose for myself, it's, it was a big up there now against Portugal. Um, even from going from Estonia to Portugal, the physicality went up again. Um, I don't know. I don't really know how to describe it, other than you do have to feel it to believe it. Um, because a lot of people, you know, you try to prepare people for how physical it is and it's not until they step on the floor that they can really understand. But like, just the simple thing of me moving to get into position for an offense, you're not allowed. <laughs> you know, so they won't allow you to just walk past them and set the screen or they won't allow you, they won't switch off for a second. So you don't really, um, you can't switch off either. So the physicality is constantly, constantly there and wherever you go on the court, like the girls inside are getting bumped around whereas we're getting physically bumped on the outside as well. And I suppose um, just in, in basketball terms, like there'd be an awful lot of like post to guard screens, which would be like bigger players to smaller players. And so their bigger players are much bigger than what I'm used to facing on a weekly basis in the Super League. So like getting hit by them is an awful lot different than getting hit by a big girl here. Like, but you know, it's something that we have to get used to. And I think the younger girls coming up will be used to it because they've, they've played at that level for longer than some of us. Yeah, and that's very interesting the way you're describing it there. I mean, it's obviously something difficult to describe. You have to actually get physically hit, I would imagine, yeah. as you said, when you're trying to, yeah. the screens are coming up and then you go, whoa. Um, but that's yeah. the experience. That's the kind of thing that young Irish international basketball players, if we're going to progress and we are going to progress, these are hugely important uh, experiences to have, albeit like, you know, it's in a challenge kind of environment. It's not in a, a qualifier con- environment. But I would imagine you will take, you've, it's obvious you're going to take a lot back from th- those four games into the Super League and everybody else that was on the Irish team is going to do the same now. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, I suppose we all spoke as a team and like when you're in that environment, you're so motivated to be better and we're going straight in after the international window now back into our clubs for free pre-season. So everyone, I know I came in and kind of you know, like I kind of explained to the girls at how high a level we have to play this year in the Super League for our for our national teams to do better. Like, and it's it's not just for the national team; it's for everyone in the country, I suppose. And if we can play at a higher level, and we can all go back to our clubs and make sure that our clubs are playing at that level, 
it's only getting better. Like, and it's, I just, I'm watching them 16 girls play Serbia here and, you know, they put it up to them and it's just amazing to think that a few years in the tournament that we're, we're competing against some of the best countries in the world at an under 16 European. So just for those girls to be competing at that level all the way up and then they can get to Super League and bring that physicality to Super League as well. It'll, it'll be really interesting. Indeed it will. You mentioned the Irish under-16s, an absolute heartbreak against yeah. uh, Bosnia-Herzegovina for people who don't know in the, in the FIBA under-16 Women's European Championship. They fought back unbelievably well, only to f- suffer late heartbreak in the final quarter. But that experience yeah. and those players, like similar to the senior side, and you make a very good point, when the senior team gets these experiences against Portugal and the boost of the victories over Estonia, it clearly rubs off on the other age groups and we don't we don't have time to go through all the age groups but the under 16s in particular yeah. like to come like to lose 60-55 to Bosnia-Herzegovina for people in the know in yeah. women's basketball that is an amazing <laughs> performance and a fantastic result and sets them up hopefully for when they go up against um, you know a bigger and better opposition as time goes on yeah exactly and I suppose those girls will I suppose a core group for them will probably play under 18s and under 20s and then filter into the Super League I mean the senior team so like I, they're getting these experiences so young where some of us missed out on that age like when I was younger we didn't have all those teams coming yeah. in through so it's it's just lovely and like to see where like the team that I'm on at the moment and how good we could be and some of us missed out on those opportunities it's so exciting to see what these like the younger girls are going to do when they get to this opportunity where they had these where they, also, they had those experiences growing up like Indeed. Well, that brings the end an end to the international window, as you said, and already, even from listening to uh, Singleton, Super Value, Brunel, clearly are getting ready, if not already, back in the throes of pre-season for the upcoming Super League. How much are you looking forward to it now? I mean, the the start of it again. I mean, this is the time of year when everybody's buzzed. Everyone, I, don't know, I don't know if players are now when they're going through their pre-season, but <laughs> I can wait for the answer there. But from a supporters and for people who love watching uh, basketball, not just in Cork, but throughout the country, and women's basketball in particular, I get the feeling last year from covering it here on behalf of Red FM, like the, you're right, the, the standard is slowly increasing all the time. There are still a couple of clubs that dominate at the start, but there's a couple of other clubs just simmering below the boil that might be make, ready to make a move this year. And does that include Singleton Super Value Brunel? 100%. Um, everyone is really, really excited to get going. And I think last year, the standard of the league went up and I think this year it'll go up again. Um just with the caliber of players that we have and the competitiveness, that's the thing. And like everyone fights for the team that they're on, and that's the that's the big thing. And I just think it's, it'll be really it'll be a really fun year. And um, I know we're really excited to get going and to get the Americans in and see and see how good we can be and just I suppose build on last year's success and hopefully come out this year with a trophy. Like um, and that's what everyone is aiming for. So this this time of the year is like it's really exciting, but you kind of just want it to get going now. <laughs> Especially for players, you're just like, there's only so much you can do running up and down. But um, I suppose October 1st is when we start, we have a long way to go, but we'll get a few uh, scrimmages in against some other teams, I suppose, in the meantime, and just see where everyone is at. And I think everyone, everyone in the country is just excited to get going. Oh man, you, you've sold it. You should get into the marketing side of the league because uh, I'm, I'm, getting, I'm getting excited listening, talking to you about it now. But yeah. um, October 1st won't be long in coming around, um, yeah. as you know. But uh, listen, uh, Irish International Senior Basketball Captain Edel Thornton, thank you so much for taking the time to join us here on the Big Red Bench. We wish you well uh, and single and super value Brunel in the pre-season and we will be talking to you and uh, a, lot, a, lot, a lot of more uh, Brunel players as well as the season progresses. But uh, once again, thank you very, very much for your time. No, thanks, Billy. Thanks, Billy.
The Big Red Bench on Cork's FM. That is Joe McCarthy in conversation there with Adele Thornton. Great, great chat with the Irish basketball captain. And for all the best in women in sport, you can listen to the best uh, podcast around, the Women in Sport podcast with Joe McCarthy every Thursday at noon on redfm.ie or from wherever you get your podcasts. We are going to take a quick break. Uh, when we come back, to going to hear uh, a little bit from uh, Shane Lowry in his controversial comments. Uh, earlier on in the week with the DP Wars Tour, I'm going to hear from Republic of Ireland boss here about. The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6pm. So you could join us for the Big Red Bench on this Sunday evening. Rory here with you until 7pm. Uh, Shane Lowry is the PGA Championship champion. Uh, fantastic. Look, you can't talk about like his round, just like how amazing he was over the three days. Minus six on Thursday, minus four yesterday, minus seven today to finish 17 under par. Not one bogey on his card for three rounds. One eagle. It's incredible stuff um, from him finishing ahead of uh, Rory McIlroy and uh, John Ram. I'm going to hear now from Shane Lowry. Uh, we're going to hear his comments on the Live uh, Golf Tour in a bit, which I thought were very, very interesting. Uh, first, this is him speaking to Sky Sports after uh, the win today. Oh, um, means a lot. It means a lot. It's been... Uh you know, it's been a good year, but I felt like I've been close a few times and I felt like, you know, I've only got a few tournaments left this season and I really wanted to try and win one. And obviously this one is right up there at the top of the list. I I love it here. I've contended in the past. And even going down the back nine on sun, uh, today, I was like, you know, the, the, the bad shots that I've hit over the, the years in contention actually started to creep into my head. It's amazing what this game does, but I'm... Oh, I'm so happy. Like I'm honestly, words can't put into how much I'm, you know, how happy I am, how much this means to me, um, how much I love this tour, how much I love this tournament, and um, yeah, I'm the happiest man in the world right now. John Rahm posted 1,600, yeah. 1,600 halfway through your round, essentially. Yeah. Can you tell us what you were thinking and feeling yeah. as the, your back nine was unfolding, chasing that target? Yeah, I remember, because I remember Alex Noren did it to me one year, and he, he the year he won, he shot, went out early and shot 62, and that came into my head. And I then, you know, I was trying to, I, I got to 16, and I was trying to get past that but then I had to you know worry about Rory behind me because he could do anything down the last few holes uh, you know how good he is but uh, yeah I'm just uh, I just tried my best I just tried to to hit shots I said to my coach this morning uh, you know I need to just allow myself to play golf today I need to just I'm playing the best golf of my life I need to just allow myself to do that and I did that winning is always an emotional experience we can see that from your reaction were the circumstances this tournament was played in did they heighten those emotions I think so yeah I think so um, you know I made no secrets as to how I feel about the whole thing at the start of the week and um, I wanted to go out and win this tournament for myself first and foremost but I think for this tour and you know everyone that has stayed loyal to this tour and everyone that's done everything for this tour I, I really feel like uh, you know this is this is one for the good guys this is one for the good guys. That is Shane Norrie speaking after his win today at the BMW PGA Championship at Wentworth. He's kind of made the headlines in the build-up to it because he was so critical of um, the Live Golfers. Um, so let's hear what he had to say about the Live Golfers and whether or not they should be playing at the BMW PGA Championship. I can't say I'm 100% okay with everyone being here, but there's some of the guys that I kind of don't mind them being here, given what they've done for the tour over the years. 
there's certain guys that I just can't stand them being here to be honest and um, I don't like it that they're here and I think to be honest the one thing that I've that has really annoyed me over the last few months is how disruptive they're all trying to be and I get they're here to get world ranking points and do that but in a way I think they're here for that and to be disruptive I don't think they're here for anything else anybody who knows me knows I don't like confrontation I don't like uh, any of that stuff so I'm, I'll just I'll look I'll say hello I'll do my thing um you know, that's that's the way I'll be. Um, obviously, the lads, I've known them for years and uh, some of them became, you know, quite good friends over the last few years. But obviously, I haven't seen them in a long time now. So, um, you know, don't hang out with them anymore. You know, won't be going for dinner, but that's just because we haven't seen each other. But, um, yeah, look, there's certain lads that I'd shake hands with and there's certain lads I wouldn't, so... Would it be fair to say the overall consensus from the leading European tour players, the likes of yourself, Rory, Fitz, Tommy... Or that you don't really want those guys on the Ryder Cup team this time next year either? I'm not, I'm not going to say too much about that because who knows what's going to happen yeah. in February. I think is a court date or something in February. And, you know, are they going to be allowed to play the Ryder Cup next year? Are they going to, you know, I can't see how they're going to make the team. So they're going to need a pick. Yeah. Um, so uh, whether Luke wants to pick them or not. Um, for me, I just want to be on the team. Um, I think without those guys, we still have a good team and we can still have a good team I think with all due respect to you know a lot of those guys over at Live, um, I think they know themselves and that's why they went to Live. the Ryder Cup days are probably over um, whether it be you know playing days you know they're obviously lined up to be the next captains but you know they're probably, they're probably there's not too many of them that would have too that's many Ryder Cup captains either is it next captain I don't look, I don't know I don't know what's going to happen this is the thing and this thing that actually really gets to me is the unknown of it all and um, the uncertainty and to be honest look if I put myself in those guys shoes would I be here this week no it's just too uncomfortable for me yeah Shane Lowry there speaking uh, before the BMW PGA Championship with all the live golfers and all the controversy that goes with them I suppose turn up to events like this but I certainly wasn't um, mincing his words was um, Shane Lowry now the BMW PGA uh, champion. We're going to hear from um, Roy McIlroy after uh, his uh, second place finish. Yeah, um, I certainly didn't have my best today, but I sort of dug in there and, and managed my game pretty well. Uh, got it up and down when I needed to. Uh, rolled in a couple of key pots coming in, which which were nice. And then, um, yeah, you know, I, I I give myself a look on 18 to, to take it into a playoff and. You know, I thought, you know, three feet out even that that putt was going in the hole just sort of uh, wiggled right on me at the end. But overall, it's been another really good week. You know, I, the consistency and the, and the level of my golf is, is, is very high at the minute, um, probably as high as it's ever been, to be honest. And, you know, it's, it feels good. It feels good knowing that if you just go out and play within yourself and play your game, you're more than likely going to get yourself into contention. Um, so that that brings its own level of comfort as well. Not really worrying about what anyone else anyone else is doing. If you just play your game and, and play within yourself, and um, yeah, I mean it's it's been a it's been a great year for me. Like this isn't this doesn't feel like you know I, I would have loved to have taken Shane a couple extra holes, but uh, you know it's it's still another great week. I'm I'm leaving here very very happy. He nearly gave Shane a heart attack with that part of the last, by the way. He was saying to me, wow, I thought that was going in. It really did look like it. A word for Shane. He's a great friend of yours. He wanted to win this championship so badly because he's come close in the past. You beat him yourself back in 2014. Yeah. So a word for your great friend. Yeah, um, look, Shane and I have become 
Yeah, we were always close, but we've become incredibly close over the last couple of years. And Shane, Shane was putting together a, a sneakily really good year this year without actually getting a win. You know, we had that chance at Honda, Hilton Head. Um, he's. I feel like Shane's playing the most consistent golf of his career of his career right now. Obviously, hasn't reached the heights of the you know 2019 Open at Portrush, but. Um, I think he's improving as a player. He's he's becoming a more well-rounded player. I see it at home. I see it when he plays out here, and you know he he deserves this one. He's been knocking on the door. Um, really happy for him. Um, hope you know. He's, I think we're both sticking around tonight, so maybe we'll grab grab a couple of drinks. It'll be a good night there. Roy McIlroy speaking after his second place finish at the BMW PGA Championship and uh, indeed uh, the fantastic win for Shane Lowry. Uh, extra time uh, well underway down in Porky Creevy, McKilly and uh, Black Rock going head-to-head in the Cup Superstars Premier Senior Hurling Championship quarter-final. Uh, after 10 minutes, it is in McKilly who lead 121 to 119 on a grey and dark uh, night down in the park and in the early game. It was a fantastic victory for St. Finbars as they defeated their city rivals at Douglas. Uh, we heard from Jerk Cunningham on the show a little bit earlier on. If you missed that, that'll be available on our podcast. You'll get that on redfm.ie after the show or from wherever you download your podcasts. We are going to uh, talk football now and uh, Ireland uh, facing a tough, tough uh, playoff. Uh, if they're to reach the Women's World Cup uh, finals, they'll have to play either Scotland or Austria and they will be away from home, not the home draw that they wanted. So we'll have to await the winners of the first round tie between Austria and Scotland, which uh, takes place uh, on the uh, 6th of October. So Thursday, the 6th of October. And then the second round will take place on October 11th. Uh, Vera Powell was uh, holding court at a press conference on Friday after the draw was made. Let's hear a little bit of what Vera had to say. It's a tough one, eh? It's a very tough draw. Um, both Scotland and Austria are really good teams. Um, and Austria in the Euros has impressed me hugely. I had, um, uh, I've done one of their games um, for RTE. And um, yeah, they are well organized, physically strong, a few extremely good, uh, talented players. Um, a strong striker, a solid defense. So um, if they get through, it will be very, very difficult. But the same like Scotland, uh, we all know um, how much experience they have, how dynamic they play um, with players uh, like Kim Little in it. And uh, we have huge, um, yeah, huge respect for them. So um, it could have been better, but we have to do. We have to deal with it. We have to go for it, and uh, we will. We will be ready on the eleventh of October. Will you plan to go and see their first leg game yourself in person? Yeah. In the meanwhile, we've organised it already. It's uh, Connor Woods and Danny O'Leary who are um, going out. Uh, we sent two scouts. One will do Scotland. One will do Austria. Um, and the one that goes through will um, deliver the analysis the next morning in the hotel. To us. In a way, could it have been when you look at the seeds, Switzerland and Iceland, would you like one of them to, to lose so that it may make an easier path for you to New Zealand? Yeah, of course. Um, Switzerland has the best draw, I think, with uh, the winner of Wales, um, Bosnia Govina as their opponent. Um, but also for them, uh, it could go the other way around. Yeah? Wales could, could do the job. I think Iceland has the toughest, uh, has the toughest one. Um, 
but yeah, if, if they lose points and we would be able to somehow win, um, yeah, then, then you're straight through to the World Cup. That would be amazing and fantastic, of course. What are the chances of, of the players who, who missed out the last time? Megan Connolly, perhaps in particular, Neve Fahi, Rusha, Little John being fit for next month? Yeah, we hope Nifani is fit, um, but uh, Rusha and Megan are ruled out already. Just, I, I wanted to ask you about uh, having to travel for whomever comes through that tie. Look, you're used to winning on the road. You won in Finland, you won in Slovakia. Uh, how much confidence does that give you that this team can go away and get a win no matter who comes out uh, of that tie? Um, well, we don't fear away games, let's say it like that. We are confident um, because we play um, uh, tasks um, and that is no difference at home or away. But we will miss, of course, um, the, the drive of the crowd and, and and everything they put in to help us over difficult times. Um, yeah, we... Again, we have to deal with it. We have to go out and uh, and be at our best, at our very, very best at that day. And on the technical side of things, does either Scotland or Austria, does their style of play, does either one of them kind of lend itself to giving you an advantage if you were to set up against them? Um, not really. Not really. They're both uh, more experienced. Um, what I just said, Austria's strength is their organisation. Um, they are very solid in the in the team setup and um, both defending and in attack. Um, there's not any weak points. Um, and Scotland is more dynamic, uh, faster in their play, uh, with more variety in their play than Austria, um, but have extremely good players um, that can break uh, break down a defensive line. So, <coughs> yeah, they, they are different, two different styles but equally good. Out of the two teams, Austria and Scotland, who would you prefer to get? Yeah, they're both in their own way um, very, very good. Um, and what I just said, the difference in, in the, their qualities, but they're playing at the same high level, the same experience level. Um, they both know how to win games. And um, the only thing is, if we would play Scotland, I just heard that we would play at Hampden Stadium. And my office has been there for four years, so that would be, uh, would be special. But um, the teams itself... You only know after the game. They're both equally very, very good teams. Um, and it's a tough draw, but we, we will go for it and we'll, we'll be ready for it uh, like we are for any game. Yeah, that's Vera Poe there speaking at the uh, press conference following uh, the announcement that will face either Austria or Scotland in the uh, World Cup uh, playoffs. It's been a great week for Irish football. It's great to, to hear from Vera there um, just uh, speaking about uh, the potential opponents and uh, what will be another massive week uh, for the girls in green in October. Back to Parky Cueve we go and into the second half of extra time. And uh, when we last spoke to Andrew, Imo Kili were three points ahead. BlackRock came back to level it and uh, force extra time. As we join Andrew now, Imo Kili are leading by three points again. Yeah, obviously a lot's happened since then, but um, <laughs> apparently the score is quite similar. So um, I'm not sure if the Rockies maybe think I'm a bit of a lucky charm. I might jinx them and <laughs> might get another goal to level things. But um, now a little chance at that because Imo Kili have just scored a point through Sean Desmond, so they now lead by four points. So. I said I won't say too much just yet, but um, it's looking good for Emil Kelly with uh, just over six minutes to play. Yeah, four points to lead there for Emil Kelly. Is it uh, a similar game, I suppose, to the 60 minutes that we saw in normal time? 
Yeah, it is. To be fair, um, as I said, a couple of stand-up performers, Ray McKilly, um, William Leahy as well in particular, has got a number of great scores, and Seamus Hannity just a couple of moments ago had a brilliant catch and a brilliant score. So it has been quite similar, but I said, I kind of know better by now than to rule out the Rockies. <laughs> they just scored a point now, and there's three points in it now again. So um, I said, in fairness to the Rockies, obviously sticking with it, still within the game, just in, as we know too, all too well, just one puck of the ball, and it could be all square again. But um, I think we'll go to penalties then if that's the case. So the drama might not be over here just yet. Could be a long night for you, buddy, I'd say then. <laughs> it is I am well used to it. but um, as the, the weather is dried up anyway, so it's a nice night as the Rockies get another point again through Robbie Cotter and just to confirm as well as he got the goal um, I said the numbers aren't particularly easy to read and I am very high up in the stand so but um, now it's a great catch and a great goal from him to send this to extra time and there's now only two points in it with five minutes to go just over five minutes and potentially one or two added on as well so I said the Rockies making a game of it yet again at the very end of this game Alright Andrew thanks for that no problem, thanks for having me. That's Andrew Horgan there down uh, live for us in Porky Cueve and I've uh, been reporting on uh, a busy afternoon down in Porky Cueve and uh, we heard from Joe Cunningham a little bit earlier on in the show, um, The Bar's Boss. If you missed that, you can get that on our podcast. It'll be online just after 7 o'clock, redfm.ie or from wherever you get your podcasts. I'm uh, just going to wrap up the show. Just a couple of minutes left. So um, our colleague, our good friend Nigel Kelly, from WLR has uh, been speaking to uh, new uh, Waterford FC owner Andy Pilly just about his plans for the club. So, of course, uh, beating Waterford in dramatic fashion on Friday night to move 10 points clear at the top of the SSC Electricity League first division table. So we're going to hear uh, just a little bit from their new owner, Andrew Pilly, and his plans uh, for Waterford. Again, and um, yeah, welcome back to Waterford, I suppose, and uh, a nice night here in the SE2 arena. Um, just to, I suppose, pick up on, on some of the things that were touched on in the last while, um, you made reference a few times to multiple revenue streams uh, and that the club can stand you know, solely on, on one financial input. Can you elaborate on that? Has there been thought put into what those multiple streams would be, aside from obviously the obvious with you know, short sponsors? Well, yes. Uh, this is this has been this has been a challenge that uh, I've been uh, I've been working on really for the last eighteen years. For as long as I've been chairman of a, an English football league club, the the job is very very similar in Ireland. What I must do is I must create an organisation, a football club that is not reliant on any one individual's wealth, because that is a dangerous business model. I must have multiple revenue streams for this for this football club and that's what I endeavour to do I think there's there's so many things so many obvious things uh, we want more supporters we want to trade well uh, by trade well I mean uh, be able to sell players to, to high levels and to get sell-ons we want to have uh, lots of other revenue streams be it food and beverage be it merchandise uh, there are there's lots and lots of associated income streams with football clubs and without blowing my own trumpet too much I know of those, and that's something which uh, I will endeavour to deliver to Waterford. Have the conversations started with some or any of the local businesses or even regional businesses? We haven't had a chance yet. It's been somewhat of a whirlwind time. It was only, um, well, it's less than three weeks ago since my first visit to Waterford. And so what's happened is, over the time we've, we've come across, we've had to take stock really as what's kind of, what what's, what what shape the football club is in 
we have taken stock and we've decided to proceed and delighted to say that I am the new custodian of the football club and now there's an awful lot to do we need to engage with the fans which we've done tonight felt like a real successful night but the next thing on the to-do list which is really really important is to engage with the local business community and they they will play a huge part in the success of this football club because I want to create a model whereby they can use the football club as a vehicle to promote their businesses. They can be associated with a winning brand. And that's, uh, that's what we want to do. And the big red bench on Cork's Red FM. And uh, that is it from us uh, for tonight's show. Thank you very much indeed uh, for tuning our way this evening. Uh, it's been a pleasure talking to you over the last hour. Still a little bit of time left to go uh, down in Porky Cueve uh, when we left you in McKilly. Uh, we're leading Blackrock into a second half of extra time. And uh, it's, oh, wow, what a turnaround from the Rockies. They are now leading Imokili, 29 points to 27. Another goal for Black Rock just after we uh, left Andrew. And as we mentioned, they turned it around during our first chat with Andrew. We certainly turned around after our second chat. And uh, just a couple of minutes there left, uh, the Rockies 223 at uh, Imokili, 124. So that is a two point lead uh, for the Rockies. And uh, yeah, it's going to be a thrilling end to that game. We'll get reaction from the winning camp and we'll hear that on uh, Red Sport tomorrow morning from 7 o'clock. But that is it from us for this evening. Thank you very much indeed for tuning our way tonight. We're back next Saturday and Sunday from 6 to 7 p.m. A massive night ahead in the west of Ireland on Friday. Cork City, Galway United, a win for Cork City. We'll see them win the first division title against John Caulfield's Galway. It'll be a cracking night and we'll have it all covered on the Big Red Bench next weekend. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday, folks. Hope you all have a fantastic week and we will talk to you next Saturday and Sunday from 6pm right here on Cork's Red FM. The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6pm. Cork's Red FM.